this woman to watch movies, and do you take this man to talk about them? I now pronounce you a podcast. Welcome, everyone. This is Wife Watches. I'm the wife who watches. I'm the husband that's making her watch stuff. You know what? You always say making me watch other stuff. I never feel like it's making me watch it. Thank you. You're welcome. Wow. I just hope you can say that about me someday that, in the movies that I will have you watch. That would be nice. This is a podcast <laughs> where my wife, who somehow has missed some very culturally and cinematically significant movies, is exposed to those movies, and then we talk about them. Mm-hmm. Tonight, what we will be talking about... Rev... Oh, sorry. Cut that out. <laughs> Star Wars. Revenge... Of the Sith. I really dragged that out to make it like a really dramatic entrance. I just, I felt like that's what it needed. The year is 2005. We Belong Together by Mariah Carey was the top song. We belong together. That really is how it goes. I've been looking up those songs, and I think those are the year-end ones. So I don't know how accurate that has been. Of them being encapsulating what that year was. I think that still encapsulates it, yeah. Okay, I have no memory of that song being a thing in 2005. I would have thought it would be earlier, though. 2003. I was 16 when this movie came out. I was... I'm sorry, I was 15 turning 16. I was turning 14. I saw this at a midnight showing with all my friends, or my sophomore year of high school. We sat in line. Someone had brought a couch and a TV in the line, and someone we were watching the other prequels. In line, like... Because there was no allocated seating. Yeah. Wanted, oh my gosh, we imagine that. We wanted good that. seats. Remember that? Yeah. Wow. We probably were in line for two hours at least. Do you think our kids someday are going to, like, we'll explain that to our kids, what it was like to go to the movie theater? No, we had to wait, wait in line. Because yeah. I did that for... I did that was for so many... I think I did that for the first Twilight. I did that for so many Midnight I movies. I did it for Harry Potter once. I, I did it for Harry Potter's, all the Star Wars, Harry, some of the Lord of the Rings. Harry's Potter. I just, I, mean, I have vivid memories of this. Yeah. And walking out of the theater and being like, that was incredible. I thought that about all of the Star Wars prequels, actually. Sure you did. Well, let's jump into it. All right. This movie is written and directed by George Lucas, just like the other prequels. It was released worldwide on May 19th, 2005. This was supposed to be the final Star Wars film, can, can, completing the saga Mm -hmm. until a couple years later. It broke several box office records during its opening week and went on to earn $848 million worldwide. It received generally positive reviews from critics at the time. I think because the bar had been kind of set pretty (laughs) low. Uh, Praise was directed towards its action sequences, the mature themes, the musical score, visual effects, and the performances of Ewan McGregor and Ian McDiarmid. Um, criticism focused on the dialogue and Hayden Christensen's performance. That is Anakin Skywalker. Hayden Christensen won his second Golden Raspberry Award for Worst Supporting Actor. Do you know what those are? <laughs> no. The Razzies? Oh, sure. Yeah. yeah. Oh, poor guy. I know. It's... He never really went on to do anything else, did he? No. And like this should have been yeah. the biggest break you could have gotten. It's kind of sad. Well, kind of like Daisy Ridley, right? No, she's... That's I mean, she's I mean. been she's fine, like... but like... She's gotten... Did people know her before Star Wars? That's what I mean. Like, this was, like, skyrocketed her. Oh, yeah. I guess not skyrocketed, but it blasts you off, if you will. People come here for the spaceship humor. This film has 80% on Rotten Tomatoes. The critical consensus is, with Episode 3, Revenge of the Sith, George Lucas brings his second Star Wars trilogy to a suitably thrilling and often poignant, if still a bit uneven, conclusion. 
They come here for the Star Wars talk, but they stay for the spaceship humor. And with that, let's go watch Revenge of the Sith. <laughs> okay. Hello! Do you... Will you tell us what happened in Star Wars Revenge of the Sith? Oh, you're going to have to, like, kind of guide me through it because it's been a second. Yeah, it's been like a week and a half. Oh, gosh. Can yeah. you believe that? No, I actually can't. It starts with... The ship explosion? That whole sequence. The Chancellor has been kidnapped by the droid oh. General Grievous. And they're trying to kill Padme. Sorry, that's the second one. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so they're trying to re go rescue... The Chancellor's been the kidnapped. Chancellor. Obi-Wan and Anakin show up to yes. rescue the Chancellor. There's the guy that I thought had four arms. Turns out he doesn't. Oh, that's right. You yeah. were positive. I was sure. That's Count Dooku uh, by the late Christopher Lee. Yeah. He died? He did a couple when years did he... ago. Wow. Yeah, so they show up. He straight up had two arms. <laughs> he had. He did. He had two arms. While he was fighting, I was like, no, there could be. Where, yeah, where they're hiding. <laughs> they'll, they'll spring him out of the last minute. They'll come out, for sure. I might have to remind you of some things that we, I don't that we I, talked about during it that we hated. Yes, I remember it. I remember the movie and like what ha ultimately happens, but... <sighs> if I throw out little things, I'm sure it'll jog your memory. Yeah. Do you remember R2-D2 having some antics on the droid ship? Obi-Wan and Anakin are on an elevator. They're going up and down in the elevator. R2 oh, is yeah. trying to turn it on. The other the big battle droids are like picking him up and shaking him. Yes. And then he violently lights them on fire and yes. flies away. Yes, yes, more flying. Yeah. Yeah, and they, okay, I remember this. When Anakin and Obi-Wan are in the, like, elevator shafts, uh -huh. I remember just thinking, and the droid army. Excuse me, you're welcome. Yeah, all those guys are, like, trying to get them. And I remember being like, this isn't interesting because there's nothing's at stake. I know that they're going to be fine. And they would just, like, yeah. pull themselves up, and they would just be like, huh, wow, right? Like, you know, here. like, yeah, it would just be like, oh. Another day in the life. Yeah, and it was so annoying. Yeah. When they're flying towards the ship, there is a whole protracted sequence where there's these buzz droids on Anakin's ship. Oh, yeah. And they're cheering on R2 to, like, he, he duels one. They're one, like, like one what, on one. What'd you call them, bug? They're, they're called buzz droids. Buzz droids. They're like little insects, kind of. That whole reason. sequence, just get to the damn ship. Yeah. Uh, we don't need any of this. This movie's already long. Yeah. Oh, man. For yeah, me, it does not start off on the right foot. No. So they get to the ship. They fight him. Fight they fight Count, Count Dooku. Dooku. They find the Chancellor. He's got Count Dooku between his two lightsabers. Cuts off his hands. And then he's got like his head between the two lightsabers. Yeah. And the the Chancellor's like, do it. And he's like, it's that's not what a that's not what a Jedi would do. Do it. And then he cuts off his head and it rolls across the floor. Were you surprised no at some, blood. How, how some of the violence? Well, a lightsaber would cauterize the. The blood vessels. That's ridiculous. Well, it's science. It's science is I overrated. <laughs> <laughs> There's this was the first Star Wars to have a PG thirteen rating. Oh, interesting. Yeah, they really. They really well, it's because it he cut off his head and it rolls across the floor. His hands too. I feel like that's yeah. that's more. You actually see that happen. Yeah. You don't really see the head. No. Yeah. You just hear it. They get the Chancellor, and then they have to... Oh, this part was such garbage. So then they have to, like, land, but the ship is on fire? Mm hmm I can't remember what happened to that other guy that you were like, he's a, he's supposed to be, like, a really intimidating, like, villain. This is... But he sucks. The, the droid leader, General Grievous. Yes, he gets away. 
He does. He just gets into a pod. An escape and, pod. Yeah, gets out of there. That's right. He doesn't fight them at all. He just runs because he's supposed to be intimidating. <laughs> they also have a really dumb exchange where when they, they bring in the Jedi, General Grievous says to Anakin, he's like, Anakin Skywalker, I was expecting someone with your reputation to be a little older. General Grievous, you're shorter than I expected. It's so dumb. Yeah. It just falls completely flat. It's the worst comeback I've ever heard. Oh my gosh. So then they have to land the ship. Like, they have to land it safely yeah. on Naboo. Coruscant. They're above the... Coruscant. Yeah. So then the ship lights on fire as it goes through the atmosphere. And Anakin's just kind of, like, trying to land it. The senator is standing for most of it. Like, while they're trying to land I think the Chancellor, ship. Chancellor Palpatine, I think he's in a seat. I don't think that's true. Is this like another the forearms thing? Can you just let that go? Okay. Then they land it. As they land it, do you remember what Obi-Wan says? No. Another happy landing. Yes. Yes, I and do. And just has his shit-eating grin. And again, it's just like, <laughs> there was nothing at stake. This isn't interesting. No. It's not interesting at all. The only interesting aspect of that whole sequence was the duel with Count Dooku, I feel like. The rest of it was all fluff that could have yeah, been trimmed. Yeah, the only interesting thing, and when the Chancellor's like, do it. Yeah, that's it's the only like, part that moves the plot okay. forward. Yeah. Yeah. So they land, he goes in, he meets Padme, they have to, you realize they're like hiding in secret. Sort of. she's like they're, a senator. They're behind a pillar that's like 15 feet from everyone they know. Yeah. <laughs> and they just have to be kind of like quiet. Um, so then she tells him that she's having a baby. Does he seem pretty psyched about that? Um, no. Oh, that's... Great news. <laughs> yeah, their secret marriage. Is it really a secret marriage if if he's living somewhere else and just shacking up with her sometimes? You're never shown where he's living otherwise. So I think we're just expected to believe he lives at her apartment. And everyone's just none the wiser. <laughs> and imagine if he's a big, like, war hero. Cheerio, hero. War. Cheerio. <clears throat> war hero. War cheerio. I even said it weird then. War cheerio. War hero. War hero. Are you, are you okay? <laughs> I think a tooth came out. Oh. He's a, a very famous, uh-huh. and she's a celebrity. She's a really famous senator. There'd be paparazzi. Like you, how, how has this been a secret for three years? Do you remember that part where there's a love? They have a brief love scene on it on her balcony, and he tells mm-hmm. her how beautiful she looks. Yeah. And it's the whole every piece line of dialogue is confusing. Yeah. You're so beautiful. It's only because I'm so in love. No. (laughs) No, it's because I'm so in love with you. So love has blinded you? (laughs) Well, that's not exactly what I meant. That's probably true. Oh, yeah. And you're just like, what are they talking about? Yeah. And she has these crazy eyes, and he's just looking like a creep. I have a question. How did Padme become queen and also a senator? Her term, exp- her term as queen expired. How did she become queen? Um, this is all backstory that you learn when I after these movies are done. We'll start reading the Star Wars books. Oh, okay. I'm kidding. Apparently, fought a war when she was really young, and she led a revolution when she was like 12. So That's... when she was 14, she was elected queen. I just walk out the door. <laughs> okay. Well. That's stupid. So then she decides she's going to be senator. She's elected senator afterwards. Look, I'll tell you, she's one of the most boring characters in this trilogy. 100%. We don't need to... No more wasted time on Padme (laughs) Amidala. (laughs) Okay, so 
She's I'll, I'll, pregnant. Yes. I'll walk you through this, some of this part. Okay. He's having dreams about her dying in childbirth. Yes, he is. And this is where there's some glimmers of like what could have been a really interesting, if if well executed, this whole I trilogy would... could have been interesting because it really tees up that he has dreams and premonitions and then one really comes true with his mom dying. And so it would it would fuel into his motivation to be like, I know these come true. Yeah. I would even say it is the most interesting part. For this reason, three is, I think, the best one. Because it has some interesting stuff. Okay. Like that. Yeah, well, and there was... And his, like, conversations with the Senate, with the Chancellor. And again, I just wish it had been executed with more subtlety and just yeah. a better movie. But there is, like, the dynamic between his relationship with Obi-Wan and the Chancellor and being tested that way and, like, there, how the Jedi Council and the Senator or the Chancellor are kind of at odds. Mm-hmm. There was a couple of scenes where afterwards we turned to each other and we were like, that actually wasn't too bad. Yeah. They, like... they find out where General Grievous is. They get intel. Of course, all of this is being, it's this is the Chancellor playing both sides, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I kind of wanted to talk about this, actually. But we don't know that yet. At what point did you figure out that Palpatine was... I didn't figure it out, but I thought in the beginning, probably two, uh-huh. I thought that guy's going to turn. There's something weird with him. Okay. I, f- I think I just, I speculated if he was the emperor. I put it together like in the middle of this movie. But um, when he is looking at Anakin and he's like, do it. At the very beginning. I was like, that's weird. He's for sure bad. So, because he wants him to like kill him. I would say the majority of moviegoers in the Phantom Menace, when the when you first see Senator Palpatine, when he's a senator at that point, immediately you're like, well, that's the Emperor. That guy's gonna be the Emperor. Why? Because he it's, looks like him. It's the same actor. He's he's the same actor that oh, played I the did Emperor think that. in Return of the Jedi. I I but I didn't like figure it out. I I thought that, but I thought that in the same way because remember that one? I kept being like, that's not. That's not Natalie Portman because she had a double. Oh yeah. I kind of thought like, oh maybe that's just. How this movie maybe they're could... they're trying to pull a fast yeah. one that's not very well done. Yeah. Well, so my question is, I feel like it's pretty obvious to anyone that's a fan of these movies that that is the Emperor, but in but Attack of the Clones and Phantom Menace are kind of built are kind of executed as if you don't know, as if the audience doesn't figure it out, and so there wasn't like a moment. In Revenge of the Sith, when there's a big reveal, my question is: Did George Lucas make the prequel trilogy thinking he was fooling? People? I would say no, no, no. There's no way, right? No, I would say he knew from the beginning. Okay, well, so that's why when you didn't pick up necessarily that he was the Emperor in the Phantom Menace, I was like, I'm going to see how long it takes her to figure this out. Got it. That's why I specifically I did not thought say about it, about but it. I didn't like. I wasn't like, oh, that's obviously this. Well, at one point, finally when he is in a hologram as as Darth Sidious with the hood up, he's talking to General Grievous early on in the movie. You turn to me and you're like, that's the same guy. Yeah. And finally I was like, yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. you, you said... You caught me. You said that at the end of Attack of the Clones, you're like, is that is that the Chancellor? Yeah. I'm like, no. You tricked me. I, I got her. Like, imagine if you'd watched them one, two, three, like in that order with no knowledge of who the Emperor was. At what point would you be like... Oh, that's the same guy. I it's all, clearly the same nose and chin, just a hood over his face. <laughs> I don't know. So probably one of the best scenes in the movie is when the Chancellor is at like this opera, this weird, yes, this weird like, I don't know what that is. It looks like the they're like blowing looks like, stuff in water. And it looks like sperm flying around. Honestly, sick. It really does. And Anakin goes up, and that's when they talk about. That's when he starts like the seduction, I guess. Yes. And when he plans his mind, he's like he starts planning doubts about. 
the Jedi's with him, and he's like, I can, we can, yeah. we can like manipulate stuff and save people from dying. Yeah. That all, all that's not bad, right? They find out where General Grievous is, the stupid droid military leader who's always like coughing. He looks stupid, and he is. I just hate that character so much. He's so obnoxious. Obi Wan shows up to confront him. He lands on the planet. The people are like, yeah, General Grievous is here. He's like over in this other, like, I don't know, conference room. And Obi-Wan's like, okay. And then he jumps on a big lizard. Do you oh, remember the yeah. lizard? Yes. <laughs> yes. That's the noise it made. <laughs> yeah. It's like a lizard bird. Buck then just beak to is sell what a toy. I call him. And then he has a confrontation with General Grievous. He jumps down and says, hello there. General Kenobi. And they have a fight. And General Grievous breaks out the forearms. I thought it was funny that you kept saying Count Dooku had forearms because I knew that there would be a character with <laughs> forearms in this movie. Maybe I had a premonition. They have one of my least favorite fights in all of Star Wars. He has forearms and each arm is holding a lightsaber and some of them are spinning really fast and Obi-Wan just yes. cuts oh, off yes, two of yes, his yes, hands yes, yes. really easy and then General Grievous just runs away on Again, a big spinning wheel and Obi-Wan chases him with a lizard and it's just a mess. Yep. Around the same time, doesn't the Emperor switch the stormtroopers? That comes in a second. I know, yeah. Yoda is on the Wookiee planet. Do you remember the weird shoehorning in of Chewbacca in this movie? No. Do you remember that Chewbacca's in it for like 10 minutes? Yes. What does shoehorning mean? Okay, I thought you meant like Chewbacca was like... A shoehorn? Like playing a horn or something. You can take that out. I didn't know what she was. Are you an English meant. major? Uh, I was once upon a time, but all right. Long ago. How about this? The needless insertion of Chewbacca okay. in this movie. Yeah, English majors know what insertion means. There we go. Hey, <laughs> hey, mom. Hey, dad. <laughs> Chewbacca's in it for no reason, and Yoda and Chewbacca have a relationship somehow. Because when Chewbacca yeah. helps Yoda sneak away, he says. Goodbye, Chewbacca. That was really good. George Lucas originally had plans to include a young, like, boy age Han Solo on the Wookiee planet. Oh, He ended up scrapping shoot. that idea. That's where his mind was at. He's just throwing in He's an any, idea. any you know fan what? favorite character. He's an idea guy. He's not, like, he shouldn't be in charge of, like, executing. He should just, like, have the ideas because every once in a while he'll just, he'll get a good one. You know... You've really hit on something that I've th- thought has like, been a theory of, how, of like the secret sauce to all the Star Wars success. That he is a better story idea and producer, like yeah. film producer, than an actual writer, like screenwriter or director. Uh-huh. And that the really iconic stuff that you really remember, like a lot of it is a collaboration of artists. Like Ralph McQuarrie uh, was the guy who did all of like the um, early concept work of what we now know as like lightsabers, Darth Vader, Stormtroopers, C-3PO, R2-D2. Ben Burt did all, like, the amazing sound work. John Williams did the score. Like, it was a collaboration of all these people. Like, there was kind of lightning in the bottle moment. George Lucas should have written story treatments and then hired other screenwriters and other directors to execute that vision. And to his credit, he tried to. When he was putting together The Phantom Menace, he reached out to some of his friends. Like, he asked Ron Howard, because he's friends with Ron Howard, if he wanted to direct it, and I think Spielberg and maybe someone else. Like, Ron Howard's talked about how he was like, no, like, you should do this. This is your movie. And because he's like, I don't want to deal with, like, the pressure of doing, of, of filming the most anticipated yeah. movie ever made. But no, like, you're absolutely right. There's actually a really good YouTube video, too, that uh, George Lucas's wife at the time, Marsha Lucas, was his editor on the first Star Wars. There's a really good YouTube video called How Star Wars Was Saved in the Edit, about how 
it was just like a mess of a movie and like random scenes and she's the one that like put it together and pasted it in a certain way and like that made that saved that movie it's really interesting but hmm. you hit on something right there good palpatine tells anakin i'm gonna save your wife he's revealed to be the sith lord all the stormtroopers they're programmed against order 66 yeah to kill all the jedi execute order 66 is it just jedi or is it the jedis no it's like Probably it's like jedi. sheep it's like the word sheep. It's Got plural it. and singular. Did you feel any emotion at all during the time when the Jedi were being killed yes. by the clone yes. troopers? Yes, 100%. Really? I felt a lot of emotion, yeah. Oh, that's good. Especially when Anakin walks in. Oh, mm-hmm. And he murders the children, the baby Jedi, the the lambs. I actually, I will say, on an execution, like, storytelling level, that's a really well-done scene. Yes. Oh, it's so horrible. What do they say, like... Master Skywalker, there are too many of them. What are we going to do? Oh my gosh, it's awful. I know, that's just the storytelling choice of that. It kind of makes it... I don't know how Anakin Skywalker is a re- redeemable character in any way in Return of the Jedi when he, he decides at the end of his life to save his son by killing the Emperor and somehow that erases, what, 30 years of murder yeah yeah that's true i don't know that scene is it's brutal he really goes zero to 60 in his turn well i've thought about this i really have i've thought about this a couple times over the last week and a half or whatever if you thought i mean it's weird it's weird there's like there aren't redeeming qualities about him but like if Uh you thought that i was going to die from like childbirth or whatever wouldn't you basically try and like you thought you could like reverse it wouldn't you try everything in your power to reverse that you would try like i I feel like i tried i've tried to like get into like his human mind Uh and be like okay if i were him how can i like work how can i relate and that's like what i can that's the only thing i can get to is like if your wife was going to die, or if you were going to die... And you're convinced of it. And I know it's true. Yeah. Wouldn't I do every single thing I could possibly do? But at the end, he basically throws her aside. That's what I'm saying. And he's saying. like, you're garbage. I don't remember what he The says. motivation works okay, but I feel like they should have included more of... I feel like they could have piggybacked on that and been, and been like... They, there's a throwaway line about this in the movie, but the emperor should have been like hey, they came to kill me. They're going to kill all the senators. Like, they could have built that up, like, this paranoia, this conspiracy theory of, like, the Jedi are going to take over the government and kill off all the senators. We've got to stop them. And instead, Palpatine just goes also, like, ridiculously evil. He's really, it's a really nuanced, pretty interesting performance. And about halfway, he gets his face all burned off. They kill Samuel L. Jackson. Yeah. And then he just becomes this cackling idiot. The oppression of the Sith will never return. You have lost no, 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 you have to And he's so transparently evil. If he had been, if he had still been pretty down to earth and been to Anakin, like, like, look, I don't want to do this any more than you do, but we've got to protect like our people, we've yeah. got to go like wipe these wipe these people out because they are going to be trained on us. They're going to be sicked on us now. That would have been more believable. 
Was he like brainwashed at all? Anakin? He wasn't really. Not he was really. just kind of told like, I can save your wife. Yeah. And he just like ran with that. He he shows up as, as Mace Windu is like bearing down on Palpatine. And 90 seconds later, he's killed Palpatine and is like, I will serve you, my lord, and we'll go murder children now. They really <laughs> should have paced this whole trilogy better and maybe had him... Maybe turn more at the end of the second one. Yes, and because then had, just... had been the third one been all of... The last you're... half of this movie could have been the third movie. Yeah, you're just kind of like... I just found myself trying so hard to relate because that's what you want to do when you're reading a story. Yeah. Especially the main character. But like, there, it, it, it's uh, too so much. much of it doesn't make sense. It asks too much. Yes. You ask too much of us, George. George Lucas is the so, director. So anyway, I don't remember. They go to the um, fire planet... The lava planet. Yeah, some of the uh, Mustafar. Some of the sure. Jedi get away. Like Obi Wan yeah. and Yoda get away, and they're able able to survive. Yoda goes to confront the Emperor. Obi Wan kind of tricks Padme into going and finding where Anakin is. And then he shows up, and that's when he gets mad at her. Which, and I wish, I I think this could have worked pretty well if they'd really leaned into this paranoia of Obi Wan and Padme are conspiring now to kill me. Like if they'd kind of made it look like Anakin was kind of unraveling mentally. Yeah. But he really just... He just goes crazy. He sees her and he's like... He sees Obi-Wan and loses it. Yeah. He starts choking her. Yes, that's what it is. He starts choking her. Then they have a fight and he's, you know, falling into the lava and Obi-Wan starts walking away and, you are my brother! And then he like loses part of his legs and he's just... Obi-Wan cuts off all of his remaining limbs. There's a whole sequence where then this makes no sense where he says... It's over, Anakin! I have the high ground! And Anakin says... You hate that part. I do, because so much of these prequel tri- these prequel movies are all about an idea, but it's not like actually... it's The idea kind of works, but then that's where he stopped as far as writing the dialogue. So the idea... Like Obi-Wan says, I have the high ground, and Anakin says... You underestimate my power! He's trying to be like Anakin's hubris is the thing that like was his downfall, but instead of showing that, they speak their intentions. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's so dumb. It's so dumb. Yeah. I hate so that he part. he starts falling into the lava again. He's burning, which I knew. I've seen that part before. I think you showed me. I did. I kind of wish I did. No wonder if you would have been shocked. I would have because I was shocked the first time I saw it. It's, I pre- it's pretty graphic. I, I remember. I had no idea what was under the Darth Vader thing. Until well, you you know he's like severely burned because you see I his head. I know it. Well, I didn't know that before. Oh, okay, yeah. So yeah, that happens. Um, my least favorite part of the whole entire movie. Can I also mention that I I met Nick Gillard, who is the fight coordinator for the Star Wars prequels. <laughs> I met him at a comic con. I was dressed up as Wolverine, and oh. I I got my photograph <laughs> with him. He was just in a booth by himself, and I walked up and I said, I knew I saw him. I knew who he was. I walked over and said, Nick Gillard. Wow. Uh, and I oh. was legitimately starstruck and dressed up as Hugh Jackman's well, Wolverine. And I have a picture with him. <laughs> well, we'll share it. We'll share that on Instagram. Yeah. That's so funny because that's like your your whole childhood and you memorizing fights. I memorized. You love I memorized fights. the entire fight from The Phantom Menace, that yeah. finishing duel. I, that's my favorite Star Wars duel, I think. It that's is. a beautiful choreography. Darth Maul and... Qui-Gon Jinn and Obi-Wan. And I... I wish I'd known that I was going to Wait, see him. Wait, is Darth Maul not in that one? Yeah, it's Darth Maul versus Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan. Oh, and then Qui-Gon dies. Mm-hmm. Got it. I wish I knew that I was going to see him there because I wish I, I would have thought of... I actually thought of a better question after I walked away, which was, did you ever choreograph anything that ended up getting cut? Because that's what I wanted to know. Instead, I asked, asked these dumb questions that he's probably heard a million times. 
I was like, what was your favorite one? And he said, episode one's fight. And I said, what was the hardest one? And he said, the Obi-Wan Anakin fight from episode three. Then I was like, can I get a picture with you, Nick? <laughs> <laughs> and there's a picture of me as yeah Wolverine and Nick Gillard. Oh, man. You probably was... would have dressed up as someone different, huh? You probably would have dressed up as Qui-Gon Jinn, I bet. I wish. <laughs> if I would have known. Or a normal person, not scared could've. my hero. That's, yeah. why you, that's why you don't meet your heroes. So he thought that from I just, episode... I just have bad luck at these conventions. Because I remember I met I met Nick Gillard and embarrassed myself. I also I think really annoyed Billy Boyd who plays yeah, plays Pippin from Lord of the Rings. He's like, oh. should we go to Comic Con next time it's here in the spring? Oh, I, that's Fanex in the in March, right? It, depending on who's there, I would be up for it. They're okay. expensive though. But let's I've look. been to I've been. Did I did have you did you know that? Yeah, yeah. Because Griffin, your brother, wasn't he no, selling some artwork there? I worked for a company that wanted to be a Comic Con company. Oh, Oh, yeah. Yeah. So we all got tickets for free. Anyway. Oh, anyway. We're Comic-Con fans now. I remember being like, oh, this is so funny and weird. Like, and I was with Kenzie Lawler. Hi, Kenzie. Shout out if you're listening to this. We were, she was my boss. And we were both just kind of like, oh, this is a weird way to get out of work. So we, we like... We're really excited for that. But we were just like, this is going to be such a weird time. And then we got there and we were just like, everyone is so supportive of each other. It's so fun. It is just, genuinely It's like fun. so positive. Yeah. They have cool great stuff time. to do. They have cool stuff to look at. Yeah. I, I think everyone can find something that they're interested in there. There's There was like Super Mario stuff. There was like I loved Twilight it. crap. People are dressed up, cosplaying, and it's really fun. They're, yes. they, they go, they're, they're so inventive and creative. That they look really good, a yes. lot of them. I took yeah. a picture with Sharknado. I'll, we'll, we'll also post that. Okay, good. And my sister and I, we, we went to a couple of them, and we'd buy, all, we'd buy a bunch of like jackets and stuff and buy a bunch of swag. It was really fun. Yeah, it was fun. Yoda and Palpatine fight. Oh, yeah. And then Yoda just says, like, I guess it's a draw, and I'm going to get out of here. And then they just both like run up. Yeah, they're like, they're well, just... that was the end of that. Yoda's like, well, I have to be somewhere by episode five, so I should leave now. <laughs> and then Palpatine goes and scoops up Anakin's broiled body. And they're actually, I think this is, half of this is a good sequence. The other half I could live without. There's like, it intercuts between Padme, Padme. giving birth and Anakin being... Can I just say... The birth of the twins and the birth of Darth Vader. Yes. Can I just say that part with Padme giving birth was... Among the worst parts of the prequels. Like the actual, her physically giving birth at that sequence? The part where she's just like, who says this? It's either her or like somebody delivering the babies or she's like... Medically, she's completely healthy. For reasons we can't explain, we are losing her. She's dying. We don't know why. She has lost the will to live. You know what would have been... Oh, it's such garbage. You know what would have been a hundred times better? If she would have... If he'd said, it looks like she's been the victim of abuse and has been yeah. choked and she's pregnant and exhausted and I think we're losing her. Yeah. Instead, she's lost the will to go on. You know, oh you know my what gosh. The, you know it, what? Wanted, it made me so annoyed. You know what's a pretty compelling uh, reason to live? Two children! <laughs> Garbage. Yeah. Her character, then, I kind of feel bad for her because she's never really well written in any of these movies, but she at least has something to do. She's a, like a... She's a four she's moving a character in one and two. Oh. And in three, she's just like, 
barefoot pregnant woman. She's just kind of the the means to Luke and Leia's beginning. There's actually, they have concept work of, I think one of the original idea was she was supposed to have like, there's a picture of her on Mustafar when she's meeting Anakin. She's like holding a knife. Like she was going to go kill him too. And I think that would have been interesting. Yeah. I wish they would have done something like that. Well, and then she's like laying there exhausted, lying there, exhausted. And she's just like, Luke. It's a girl. This, these movies. Am I one of those people now? These prequels set up so many plot holes and inconsistencies. I don't know if you remember this, but in Return of the Jedi, when Luke is talking to Leia, Luke says, do you remember your mother, your real mother? And she says, yes, I remember her. She was, I remember her being very sad, but like warm and beautiful. Why? And Luke's like, I have no memory of my mother. So are we to think that Leia, her memory of her mother was the two seconds that she saw her as a, a newborn infant? Stupid. So yeah, then they put him in the suit. They put him in the... That the, part's pretty good. That is cool. Yeah. You see him breathe for the first time and it pushes the air away. I like that. And then they all say, okay, we're going to split up the twins and we'll we'll go in hiding for 20 years. Mm-hmm. And uh, do you remember the little throwaway line about achieving immortality? When Yoda's like, oh, Obi-Wan, whoa, 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 before you go. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> I talked to our friend that died. And he's a ghost now, and he can teach us how to, like, be immortal. Obi-Wan's like, huh, no shit. <laughs> and that's it. And clearly just so that they could put that. It was like, it was as if George Lucas writing the movie was like, oh, no, I didn't, I didn't do anything about <laughs> Force Ghosts. These prequels could have been a really interesting meditation on destructive search for immor- immortality. Because all of what Palpatine and Anakin are doing is trying to stave off death and live forever. And wouldn't it have been like very thematically interesting if he tried in like this pursuit of immortality, like destroyed himself and his soul, when like if he would have just stayed with the Jedi's, they are the ones that figured it out. Could have been kind of interesting. They didn't do it. They didn't do it. So they make the first Star Wars. They didn't know any of these other movies were gonna happen or that Anakin was gonna be Darth Vader was gonna be Luke's father. That's why it's not dumb in the first Star Wars movie that Obi-Wan just lives on the same planet as Luke. But now that you have all this other story around it, it makes no sense why Obi-Wan would be like, we have to hide Luke from his father. Here's what I'll do. We'll take him to his only living relatives on the planet that Anakin grew up on. And I'm going to like kind of stay over there, but I'm going to just alter one, one letter in my name. And that's my plan to hide this boy from like someone with the resources of an empire. And then Obi-Wan gives baby Luke... To Onan, Onan Brew. And I told you during the movie when they when he passes the baby Luke over to him, it plays the first couple chords of the Harry Potter theme because oh, John yeah. Williams composed both. Yeah. It's kind of fun. And then Leia goes to live with... Um, Bail Organa. Jimmy Smith's character. King or something. Yeah. What'd you think? Um, it was definitely my favorite of the three. How many stars would you give it? Um, Two. Interesting. Um, any other thoughts? We really, really picked this clean, I think. Yeah. It, it had a lot of potential. Again, it was the best of the three. I'll stand by that till I die. Here's the thing. Would you, if we had just watched the original trilogy and then this, would you have thought this was good though? No. Are you, were you just primed after like spending so many hours with other worst movies? Yes. It goes for me, the worst one. I hated The Phantom Menace. Yeah. Okay. No, this is fun. Let's rank these. I hated The Phantom Menace. Okay. So that's number six. You look pissed. <laughs> because it makes me that mad. <laughs> wow. Episode two comes in fifth. Number four. Number four. Episode three. <laughs> Revenge, Revenge of the, of the Sith. Sith. Third then place. Return of the Jedi. Second place. A New Hope. Original recipe Star Wars. 
first place. Sorry, not The Last Jedi. What's that other one called? Return of the Jedi. The Empire Strikes Back. Look, I get it. And I think people get what you're saying. Yeah. I actually feel like your ranking is probably what most people... Two is number one. The second Star Wars is number one. I'll summarize this. It goes, Phantom Menace, Attack of the Clones, Revenge of the Sith, Return of the Jedi, A New Hope, Empire Strikes Back. Yeah, they're just very confusing. I, I understand. why I and get they made them out up. of order. It's a tough time. They all use the same names, too. Like, Attack of the Jedi. Oh, I know. It's hard. Attack of the Jedi. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's go through the silliest name. Will you rank the silliest name? I'm going to read off some for you. Okay. Obi-Wan Kenobi. Fine. Padme Amidala. Stupid. Count Dooku. Oh, the worst. Mace Windu. I think I, I hate that one more than Count Dooku. Newt Gunray. Oh, stupid. Jar Jar Binks. He's always negative 40. General Grievous. Fine. What's the silliest name? Mace Windu. Worse than Count Dooku? <laughs> you always ask me that. <laughs> and yes, I always say. Mace Windu sounds like the wind blowing. Yeah. We're going to move on to better movies now. Yeah. Well, that's over and done with. We never have to think of them ever again. Would no. you ever watch any of those prequels ever again in your life? No. Maybe when we have kids. <laughs> but I would prefer to be doing something else while we're watching. Absolutely. These, I was locked in. Because it had to be. The original ones? Oh, no, you mean these... like this viewing experience? Yeah, I wasn't on my phone. I wasn't oh, no, sleeping. Yeah. You're giving it your all. I was. I gave it my all one time. Yeah. That's all it needs. Okay, to sign us off, um, let's go through uh, different sound effects and see where sure, we're at. Sure, sure. Uh, here we go, Chewbacca. That was long. Well, that was good, yeah, though. Yeah, very good. Yeah, there's a lot of, I felt the emotion in there. Yeah, you know, the personality. yeah, I closed my eyes. Yeah, you were channeling it. R2-D2. <laughs> Darth Vader. My Darth Vader is not bad. It's okay. Ewoks. <laughs> Jar Jar Binks. All right, great. Okay, here we go. Um, Episode seven. Where can people find us if they want to reach the podcast? They can find us at Wife Watches on Twitter and Instagram. Just as a note, that Twitter handle is at Wife underscore Watches, not Wife Watches. And they can email the podcast at MyWifeWatchesMovies at gmail.com. And please follow us. We are available on Apple, iTunes, Stitcher, and Spotify. Or wherever you've listened to your podcast. You stumbled through that. Watch you later. Yeah.